Hello and welcome to episode 331 of Retro Encounter RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and I said a weekly podcast, but it has been more than a few weeks since I have graced your ears if you listen weekly or even close to weekly, because the last time that we had an episode was in March of 2022, and it is currently June of 2022. That's right, Retro Encounter went on a break of about two and a half months or so. And we are, uh, we're back, we're ready to record. I'm excited to um, be behind the mic again. But who's joining me behind the mic uh, before we even mention the topic? It is Zach Wilkerson. Hello. And Audra Bowling. Hiya. And Wes Iliff. Hey, everybody. Uh, Zach, Audra, Wes, if there is a signature video game series of Retro Encounter, uh, we've said in the past that uh, Skies of Arcadia was our signature game. And I think the episodes, the series we've had the most episodes about is Final Fantasy. But we do a lot of Suikoden discussion on this podcast because we've done previous episodes on Suikoden 2, Suikoden 5, Suikoden 3, uh, Luca Blight, a character from Suikoden 2, and he, he might come up later. And uh, later this month, we're doing two episodes on Suikoden the first, but to get ourselves back in the sweet and swing of things, we're doing a fantasy draft. Um, fantasy drafts are another recurring thing of Retro Encounter. We uh, draft our own teams of characters within a certain series. We're doing it for Suikoden this week. We normally space out time between drafts. So technically we did a Pokemon draft three episodes ago, which is actually three months ago and not three weeks ago. So I feel okay doing it now. Um, but uh, listeners, in case you don't know how those work, we using a snake draft format similar to fantasy sports. We uh, create teams of characters within a series. It's we're not doing this for a competition or to or, or to determine whose sweetened and taste is best. This is just uh, this is just a fun exercise to get the a discussion forward of a lot of different characters. And uh, Zach and Wes, you have been in previous draft episodes. That's true. I will never miss one if I can participate. <laughs> And uh, Wes, you and I both stole picks from Zach during the Dragon Quest draft last year. Yeah, I might remember that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I remember too. <laughs> yeah, the whole the first three picks, uh-huh. all I, my top three on the board, all gone, all gone by the time it got to me. Not going to happen today. <laughs> Th- that's fine. You at least like you couldn't get LeBron James, but at least you got your Darko Milicic. Um, yeah, love love Darko. But uh, fortunately for you, Zach, uh, we determined the draft order before recording, and you did pick. Uh, you did get the first overall pick, so that's at least one ca- Suikoden character that cannot be stolen from you. Uh, and we and uh, the the order ended up being Zach, then Audra, then Wes, then myself. So in the stra- in the snake draft format, we'll. Uh, pick in that order and then the second round will be the reverse of that order and we will repeat that four times uh, and we should mention the four positions that we are drafting well i should say uh eight positions but across four categories are one protagonist one npc which is a villain or an important character that's not playable five stars of destiny which is any playable recruitable star of destiny in a sweet in a sweet end game that is not a main protagonist and then a Konami Flex, which can be any uh, Suikoden character uh, uh, that's in a previous category, like a second protagonist or a sixth star of destiny, or any character in a Konami game. So, and I would, we're not limited to RPGs, so uh, you can draft your favorite waifu from Te- Tokimeki Memorial in that coveted Flex position. Hey, don't give away my pick that quickly. <laughs> uh, the first Tokimeki Memorial, weirdly, the I think it was like 
for a while, it was the only game that uh, Castlevania um, head honcho Koji Igarashi and Metal Gear Solid creator Kojima, Metal Gear Solid, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Hideo Kojima, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only game that Igarashi and Kojima had ever worked on together was Konami's silly uh, high school dating game from the mid nineties. I have one point of clarification. So when you say uh, an NPC, you just mean a non-star, right? That's correct, a non-star. Okay, that makes sense because some characters like. Oh, I don't know. For example, Uber is not a star of destiny in Suikoden 2, but is a star of destiny in Suikoden 3. So should we consider Uber a villain that would be in the NPC category or a star of destiny? He's a star of destiny because at one point he is recruited. Oh, like a certain other character from 1 and 4. Yeah. Probably. I I have not played Suikoden 4, so I... I know where you're going. Oh, I do too. (laughs) I, I don't, because I've only played Suikoden 2 and 3. Um, we are doing Suikoden 1 episodes later this month, and I am playing Suikoden 1 for the first time at this very moment, but I am not super far in, so I, do, I definitely don't know the whole scope of Stars of Destiny in that game. Uh, but uh, this month, we're doing the Suikoden draft, then two episodes on Suikoden the first, and uh, spoiler alert, my team in this draft is going to be real heavy on Suikoden 2 and 3. If, like... You heard a sigh of relief. That was one of the other contestants. Uh, <laughs> glad that I'm going to be um, throwing my picks into the fire with Suikoden 3 characters. Yeah, that's me rearranging all of my overwhelming number of Suikoden 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a surprising amount of Suikoden 3. Because uh, I, 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 I know it's not quite as beloved as Suikoden 2 or maybe also 5. Uh, and I, I could... I, I think the number of Suikoden 5 characters I can name offhand uh, can fit on one hand. But uh, that's enough um, That's enough pre-draft nonsense. Uh, Mel Kuyper, is, we're going to turn off his mic and just go straight to the draft. Um, Zach, what is the number one overall pick of Retro Encounters Suikoden Fantasy Draft? So this is a tough one because the obvious choice for me, uh, anybody who knows me, would be Shu. He's my favorite Suikoden character. He is your avatar on a bunch of your social media. That is correct. Um, however, um, protagonist is such a limited category with this. Um, like there's only, I mean, maybe 10 if you include tactics, tier Christ, things like that. And so I have to go with the protagonist and I have to go with the best protagonist, which is Tur McDole from Suikoden 1. So Tyr, the main character of Suikoden the first, is also draft pick the first. Indeed. Um, I mean, he's got my favorite rune in the whole series, which is the Soul Eater rune. Um, It uh, just totally wipes out mobs um, so easily throughout Um, its final. uh, The final spell from it is amazing. You throw a flowing rune on him and sweep it in two. um, He takes care of all your healing in that game, too, which is what is so cool about him there. Um, but also, I just I love his story. Um, I feel like everybody always wants to go right to the Sweet in Two story, and I understand that. I think Sweet in Two story is great, um, but I think Sweet in One story is kind of slept on. Um, and I think that um, what he has to overcome, like sort of going against his family, um, going against everything that he has known, um, and sort of making his own path um, in his own way that makes total sense within the realm of the game, uh, makes him a fantastic protagonist too. Um, I love his relationship with Gremio. Um, and all like sort of the main cast around him as well. Um, and I think that he is a believable and fantastic protagonist. And he's also a total powerhouse in battle. Awesome. You know, um, he's not a star of destiny in Suikoden 2, but he is recruitable if you have a play file from Suikoden 1. I did not do that when I was in uh, when I was playing <laughs> Suikoden 2. And I was a little jealous uh, hearing um, 
uh, Alana and oh, who else is on that? That so yeah, Alana and Leona and a few others um, talk about the uh, carryover and crossover from there. So I but I will get to know Tyr much better over the next few weeks. Also, that the story of that that rune is one of the most heartbreaking and fantastic yes. stories in just the whole dang series. Yeah, all the backstory with Ted um, is excellent. Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways, to me, like Suikoden 4 tries to play on some of the same ideas, and it doesn't do it as effectively. Audra or Wes, was this a uh, was this pick stolen from you? W- would you have gone for Tyr if you uh, had your run of the protagonist? I'm safe. I'm still safe. <laughs> he would have been one of my top choices. Okay, okay, but so so far, like no one's day has been ruined yet, which is, you know, which is a little a little too bad because I, I do like seeing a little day ruining happening happen in uh yeah exactly in uh, drafts like this. But uh, it's time to move on to pick number two, Audra. What is your pick of the first round? Actually, I think I'm going with NPC, and it'll it would be Elza. Elza, how do you spell that? E L Z A. Oh, it's an excellent choice. Okay, now I'm not familiar with Elza, or maybe my memory is mistake is failing me. Where is she from? She's actually um, Clive's adversary in um, some so we could in two. Oh, I, I'm wow. All right, I'm, I'm misremembering this. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about Elza. Well, she's just she's an awesome gun wielding warrior lady who her entire story is just fascinating with the fact that she's actually trying to protect Clive, who's trying to kill her. I mean, there's a lot of background there, and it's just amazing, and she's kind of just confident and kick-butt. Have you ever uh, played it fast enough to be able to see the whole story in Suikoden 2? No. Yeah, I, I've watched I've watched YouTube videos. Um, like, at if you recruit Clive and then you have to clear certain events within a certain time and you have to like clear the whole game within like, I think 20 hours, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. I, I, re- I remember Clive and just, uh, and glancing at her, it's like, I think I remember Elza now. And I think I, re- yeah, I, I think I remember, uh, I remember reading that there's um, bonuses for doing things in Suikoden 2 fast enough, but I definitely didn't accomplish that. So that, that that that's cool. Um, Elsa was not on my radar at all. She does seem like an awesome character. It looks like it looks like you also get some mile, more mileage out of her in in one of the Suikoden Guidance uh, spinoffs. Yeah, she talks to Nash in it a lot. Oh, all right. So that's cool. So that's no, again nowhere near my draft board, but it seems like a really awesome NPC. Is she more a villain or more a uh, more a, a neutral NPC? Would you say? I'd say more neutral NPC. She's more Clive's adversary, but then there's a the whole storyline about what's really going on there that they go into in Sukogate in a bit more. And I think if you see the true outcome of her battle with Clive, it's... So I'd say more NPC. More minor antagonist, I guess. But... All right. But that, that, um, that definitely uh, would put her in the NPC position. Not that I was doubting it. Uh, and I think we're ready for pick number three. Wes, who is your pick in the first round? Oh, this is a competitive one, but, uh, thanks to my love of Suikoden 3, mm. uh, it's Luke with a bullet at number one. Oh, oh, I know Celosi wanted Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think I would have picked Luke in the first round, but I, I was, he, he was on my draft board 100%. Yes. Mm-hmm. I figured. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
so there are two things that I really love. It's um, antagonist turned friend stories and legacy stories. And to a degree, Luke kind of inhabits both of those, some in slightly like reversed uh, orders or, or kind of rise and fall. But the fact that he is um, this incredibly arrogant, very childish character in the first game, grows in maturity, but never really loses that arrogance over the course of the rest of the series. Um, that he's he's following someone who he respects, who might be the only person in the world that he respects, but you know, still has that heart where he wants to help people, he wants to save things, even though he goes about it in oh so many questionable ways. Oh oh so much conflict. Um not to mention he's I mean he's cool. He's cool as hell. He's got that true wind rune, that's pretty baller. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just just the concept of a character that was a a, a noticeable presence, but not like the uh, not a super super impactful character in Suikoden one and two, uh, becoming the main villain of Suikoden three is is a bit of a uh, rug rug out from under you moment that is definitely uh, exciting for fans of the series. Yes, and and I I uh, knew about that ahead of time playing Suikoden three because of my uh, my tendency to over research anything I get into. But uh, it doesn't diminish from how awesome he is. And uh, Suikoden 3 going deeper into um, a, a story on how Luke and Sasserai and others are, you know, sort of manipulated into being uh, rune bearers by, by the church and by uh, world governments, you know, broadens the Suikoden world in an interesting way. That, that reveal in Suikoden 3 was what really, like, sold me 100%. Like, I was already enjoying the game, but that's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, like, completely attentive to this now. I, I My mind was genuinely blown by it, because I, yeah. when I first played Suikoden 3, I was, like, a little bit, like, disappointed by the lack of returning characters, because I had sort of played the first two, and I was like, oh, I love how interconnected they are. Um, but that moment, I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, I'm here for this now. <laughs> yeah, that was... I thought a brilliant plot development. And I'll I'll be going deeper on Legacy and Suikoden and Three potentially later. We'll see how things work out. <laughs> yeah, I have some Suikoden and Three characters on my list, and probably also some characters that uh, appear in more than one game. But uh, I, I'm going to go to my uh, pick right now in the first round, and again, I have two picks in a row, and I'm going to do something that has never been done before in one of our uh, retro encounter fantasy drafts. Ooh. Yeah, I think Zach. I think Zach knows what's happening. No, I'm using a first overall pick. No, on a flex. this is my flex. And it is the flex that I think everyone probably wants. <laughs> so, with apologies to everyone else, the fourth pick of the draft and my first pick overall is Alucard from Castlevania. Oh, that's a good choice. Uh, Alucard is awesome. He is one of my favorite game protagonists ever, mostly from Castlevania Symphony of the Night, but also with a real presence in multiple other Castlevania games, uh, including Castlevania 3, in which, uh, Captain N Game Master decided to make him a skateboarding teenager vampire, which I, I still don't 100% understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's excellent in the animated series, too. Mm. Uh, yes, he's excellent yes. in a different animated series that we have done retro encounter episodes about. Ooh, should we do a retro encounter episode on Captain N? Oh man, yes. All right, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm penciling that in for uh, for April Fool's 2023. We'll we'll see. But uh, and and in Symphony of the Night, Alucard's amazing. He has a lot of different fighting moves. He can transform into a wolf, a bat, and mist. Uh, he has spells. He has vampire techniques. 
He has all kinds of crazy nonsense he can do with the with the shield rod and the and other tricks. He, he's one of my favorite characters to control in the game. His storyline is awesome across multiple games, and he's even cool as hell in the animated series. So Alucard, number one overall uh, on my on my board. And I was I was medium worried if someone would have the same idea I did. I was thinking about like a mid round pick on Alucard. So no, no one's like a lot of the time the entire final round or like three picks out of four in the final round is the flex because everyone just sort of saves their flex for the end. But I said no, no, I, I want Alucard on my team. So on to, so in round one he goes. Fair strategy. And now round two, I'm again trying to go through my strategy. What is a character that's on my board, but is also likely to be on the board of other people? Uh, there's, there's a couple here. And I'm going to go with one of my Star of Destiny picks. So the first pick of round two, the second per- character on my team, is the character that probably kicked the most ass for me, and that's Kille. Oh, oh, yeah, great choice. Oh, no. uh, time for me to cross someone out. Uh, Kille looks like a Final Fantasy red mage (laughs) he looks like a Final Fantasy red mage Um, he has all of his rune slots open and I had extremely stupid dumb luck and uh, without grinding accidentally got like two double beat runes just at the very beginning of Suikoden 2 so I was able to kit Kille out with uh, uh, Kille, Olan and like one other character with with an ideal or almost ideal offensive build and that made the last several fights in Suikoden 2 almost trivial because of how powerful my my team was. And that felt awesome. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Kille is a complete monster if you kit him out with, with offensive runes. And uh, and I, I love that about him. And also just I love how cool he looks. He's uh, he's the strong, silent type. I like his hat. And that's that's enough for me. Yep. The cool 90s anime kid. Yeah. Yeah, Kille was high on my board. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, you throw three, three runes on him, those flame belts or whatever on his uh, accessories and he could solo the final boss. Um, Sheena is like a t- t- touch behind him, but yeah, he's, he's totally busted. If you build him right. Excellent choice. Excellent character. I love his development. Um, his mini little, um, what, how we, how should we say uh thing with Lorelai thing is what the wrong word, but yeah, his, 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 his recruitment arc with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I I love all the stuff with the Sindar with him. Um, I want them to explore the Sindar more. You know, please, please, please. Um, but yeah, he's a great character. Excellent choice. This is actually the one and only character that was going to go on my list, and I decided there's no way someone's not getting to him before me, so I erased him. <laughs> I'm a little worried that other people on my list might uh, might might get stolen, but. I feel pretty good about um, going for two characters that I thought might be in demand for my picks in round one and two, but it's time to continue round two. Uh, Wes, what is your round two pick? It's a good question. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. It's my main character pick. It's Hugo. It's Hugo. Hello. My name is Hugo from hit video games. Weekend in three. Damn that Hugo was at the top <laughs> of my protagonist list. He, he was top of mind too. <laughs> I, I could let it go. Um, yeah, Hugo, uh, again, hits on that whole legacy thing from a story aspect. Uh, Lucia being um, kind of a, a minor antagonist in Suikoden 2 and then getting to see her nation, so to speak, like from the other side and seeing like the legacy of new people getting raised in there in, in that um, that tribe and just seeing how um, 
you know, to humanize those people is something that I absolutely adore to like humanize anyone that's been a villain in your previous stories um, really hits me, hits me hard. And Hugo hits that well, because not only it does he like give uh, a face to that, he also, um, you know, as, as a young idealistic, you know, the, the youngest protagonist available, um, he really shows that, um, that, that willingness to like work together, to do something better, to, the 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 hatred of of you know wartime essentially um which isn't something that you get from some characters sometimes it's nice to see those those different perspectives kind of come to a head but not only that you know you pick hugo everyone gets the true rune that they have the highest affinity with can't can't go wrong with that um the design is absolutely beautiful that is exactly my my stylistic choice uh on on hugo right there his swing is ridiculous. He can attack for for an age and a half, and he can ride a griffin. I mean, he's got a griffin buddy. He rides. Yeah, that that was it for me. Yeah, um, I thought that Hugo was the natural fit of the flame champion. Uh, for for me, just on how the story is shaped, yes. uh, especially <laughs> since Ghetto kicks ass with the lightning with the true lightning rune. But uh, but I loved having a boy riding a griffin at the head of my army. I, I really did. Yes. Mm-hmm. My my final party, I'll say it, maybe you can predict part of the rest of it, but uh, it, it it had all three flamed, it had all three champions and uh, and Fubar in it. <laughs> yeah, they're in my final party. There was no way they wouldn't be. <laughs> you couldn't resist. I, I mean, I it's interesting because I love Hugo, but for me, he is the least compelling of the three champion characters um, because he has sort of um, and I, I think he, he does a great job of everything you, you said, Wes, um, of being um, sort of against the war and also being willing to work with people. I mean, certainly his people are the ones who are the most, I think, put upon right um, over the course of the story. Uh, but I just love I love Godot's backstory. I, I, Chris is my favorite of the three. I feel like she's just a phenomenal um, female protagonist. Um, Chris would have been probably my second choice. Um, as protagonist, um, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I think all three of them are great, and I love, I love that you guys are giving so much love to Hugo because I feel like he usually doesn't get as much. I love Hugo. I love all three of them, but I, I think like the fact that the other two have compelling stories on their own is part of the reason why I love Hugo as the champion because that almost you need that to complete his arc. It's it's how they go in like the manga adaptation because like Hugo's journey t- makes the most sense if he ends up as you know the flame champion. And the other two don't suffer from not being so like ghetto and Chris's stories like make a lot of sense regardless of where they end up. Yeah. And, and, and to me, uh, like, like the, um, the, the, the grassland tribes being this, you know, uh, uh, faction on the fringes and sweep it into, and then exploring their, uh, their story and how they've been exploited and, uh, Hugo becoming a champion of the, of the, uh, of, of the grassland tribes. I'm, I hope I'm not getting a nation wrong or a nomenclature wrong here. Um, I thought it was a really good story thrust for Sweet in three and having someone from the grasslanders be the, uh, be the, the protagonist just, just fit. I thought that Hugo was the most natural fit of the, as the flame champion. So I, I really did enjoy his arc, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's great. I think if we really want to ruin Wes's day, Audra or Zach, you could try to steal Hugo's Griffin from Wes. I don't know if that's in Wes's plan or not, but just break my heart. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Audra, it doesn't have to be from Suikoden 3, but what is your pick of the second round? I think I had another Suikoden 3 character in mind, but actually, I think I'm going with Chiral for protagonist from Suikoden Tactics. Mm, dope choice. Okay, how do you spell that? 
K-Y-R-I-L. Excellent choice. Tactics, much better game than 4. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think tactics in general, just it helped improve upon 4 immensely. I've played both and I love the carryover and stuff, but Kyrel, he's just a great character. He's level-headed, he's calm, he's kind of more strategy-oriented because it's an SRPG, which makes sense. Um, he's fighting against uh, rune cannons that turn people into fish monsters. Like you do. Which is interesting. <laughs> and then he, the whole background with um, the character Jan, who's a, kind of a goat, a mute goat person, ended up being quite a surprise in the end. And I kind of loved how they tied it into almost him having a connection to the runes. So he's just an interesting character. And he has a neat weapon. Yeah. Oh, what is his weapon? For sure. Oh, it's like a kind of a staff with blades on it. It's almost like the swallow from Chrono Cross. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Good way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a war staff with blades on either end. That's cool. All right. Yeah. I, I am not familiar at all with Suikoden tactics other than its general existence. So. It's good. It's been too long for me to even remember, but I do remember liking Suikoden tactics. <laughs> I mean, I like Suikoden, and I like a lot of tactics RPGs, so I probably would find something to like in it, but... It's pretty tough, actually. Yeah, I, th I, th I think I need to finish Suikoden 1 before I, you know, start looking at eBay prices for Suikoden Tactics or 5. But, uh, well, the, the, yeah, the problem with that is it would involve me playing Suikoden 4. <laughs> I like Suikoden 4 more than most. It's not that bad. It's short, too. <laughs> I would actually say play Suikoden 4 first, even though it's not as loved just to you also don't know exactly how long my uh my two play backlog is because it's uh, i mean i, I think we, i think we can all relate <laughs> yeah the, 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 that's fair yeah but um uh is carol also in sweet in four no he's a new character for tactics ah okay so we don't we don't have a sweet in four pick yet that's interesting uh, i wonder if we'll ever get one i have a few Oh, all right. Okay, maybe we will get one later on. <laughs> later on, I, I don't know a thing about Suikoden Four other than it's a prequel, and there's a boat that people don't love. Um, so we'll we'll see if we get a Suikoden Four pick down the line. And that's three of our uh, of our teams drafting their protagonist in the first two rounds. There's been a run on main characters. Um, Zach, I don't think you're going to draft a second protagonist for your flex pick. I'm not. So uh, tell us what stars of destiny and or NPCs are you're going to have in rounds two and three, because you get it, you get uh, two in a row. I'm so excited. I get my next top, my top three, all of them on the board. So my next one is, is the obvious pick for me. And that's Shu from Sweet in two. It was actually a tough pick for me because there is, I, I cause first of all, I've got to have a strategist. I got to have someone to make sure my army's moving the right way, make sure everything's functioning the right way. But the strategist from Sweet in five is also excellent. Um, but she's a, a little too perfect. Uh, her name is Lucretia. She's just always right about everything. Um, Shu deals in shades of gray um, in ways that I find really fascinating. Um, and I think Suikoden 2 as a whole game deals with um, sort of the notion of gray, despite the fact that they have the most evil villain uh, by far, right, of Luca Blight. But outside of him, uh, notions of shades of gray and Shu does some things that I think are... Um, genuinely despicable um, over the course of Suikoden 2. I won't say what they are in case someone's not played Suikoden 2, but um, I, I 
every time you understand what he's doing, um, he is so compelling. Like even the recruitment of Shu is really interesting and sort of where he's coming from um, and how he pulls your your army that should have been nothing um, into something in a really believable way. Um, there are some times in Suikoden where I'm like, eh, I feel like eh, you've gathered 10,000 troops from where, right? Um, whereas Shu just is so frequently like at the forefront of making those choices. And they're always the choices that need to be made, even if they aren't the choices that are always the morally maybe upright ones. Um, and yeah, I just think he's he's an amazing character. He's one of my all-time favorite RPG characters. And I, I think he's fabulous. I, I think Shu is almost the secret protagonist of Suikoden 2. Because I mean, I mean, Rio is obviously the hero. He has his um his hero antihero arc with Joey, which is uh, one of the great um sort of like uh, t- two characters playing off each other uh, stories in RPGs of that era. But but the his role of the Shu's t- role as the tactician of Suikoden Two really I think speaks to Suikoden's origin as a loose loose adaptation of a Chinese novel. Because that's really what Water Margin and Romance of the Three Kingdoms is. It's tacticians doing like next level chess moves against each other, and uh, and and hard military and um, and government decisions that are in shades of gray or have dark outcomes or uh, pyrrhic outcomes even. And and for Shu to sort of take that part of the uh, of the of the plot movement into his character is really interesting. Like I like like recruiting Shu is a major part of the story but by the end with the even the late game battle tactics decisions that Shu makes made me think oh Shu is like the the main character of the of the story when it comes to manipulating your army and your kingdom while Ryo is the main character when it comes to chasing his best friend and fighting the battles on the ground and that that's really that sort of made me understand like why tacticians have an inflated importance or not, not inflated importance, just, just a, just a key importance in the, uh, in the weekend stories. And, um, I, I truly, Zach, I thought she was going to be your number one pick overall because, because of how, how much I know you like him and how, and how crucial and awesome he is. So. I thought he was less likely to get taken, but I, I was just worried about the protagonist pick. <laughs> I really wanted my protagonist. I didn't have Shu on my board because I just I just figured we would take him. <laughs> That's fair. I, I I probably would have considered him, although I'm I there was no uh, unless you let him go past round three, I wouldn't have stolen from you. No. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. that's very kind of you. <laughs> and Wes did pick Hugo and Luke, who were both on my board. Um, uh, L- 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 Luke a little farther down, but Hugo pretty high up. So, so so Wes's picks were not wasted by by dodging Shu. I promise. That was my thought too. She was my number one. Then I was like, you know what? I'll give Zach two picks to grab shoe before I go poaching, <laughs> tearing it down. But uh, Zach, uh, you don't have to worry about not getting shoe anymore. And you said that, that all the of your top three picks on your board um, made it to round three for you. So who was that pick number three? Okay. So this next character is not a star of destiny, despite the fact that you use her in battle a fair amount in Sweet in five. And her name is Silides. That's my number two NPC. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I know who this is. Yep. Yeah, one of the four Suikoden Five characters I can name. So, so uh, I don't think we're allowed to put her on our list of greatest RPG moms that uh, RPG fan has published in the past. But if there was a feature, and Zach as features editor, this is aimed at you a little bit. 
of best RPG aunts and uncles. I, I think I think she's near the top of the list. So I I feel bad because I can't get too specific here um, about why Sai leads is so incredible. But let's just talk about her personality to begin with. Um, first of all, she's just she is. Um, got an incredible attitude to anybody who talks to her at any time. She's always got like a woody retort at any mo- moment. Um, she just seems like vaguely disinterested, but you know that she is in a way that's like it's like a trope that I like in video games or in characters in general, I suppose. Um, she's just classy. Um, she's useful in battle, despite the fact that she's forced in your team. They actually do a really good job in Suikoden 5 of the two characters they constantly force on you being like good um and so she's like sort of that consistent like wind rune user in the back row um but not to get too specific in terms of end game stuff but just the the choices that she makes towards the back half of this game um and sort of saying that she's an npc gives some of that away i suppose but um are so fraught um and so difficult and there are so many times when you don't understand why she's making the choices that she makes but ultimately she ends up being, I think, in a lot of ways, the most noble character in Suikoden 5. Um, the war ends the way it does because of the choices that she makes. Um, and gosh, just one scene with uh, one of the noble nobles, uh, noble fathers, uh, one of the great families that where she is just so awesome. Um, she's she's a phenomenal character. Um, she's beloved for a reason. Um, and I chose her over other NPCs from other games that I adore. Um, but Sileads, she she had to be in my top three. I love Sileads. She's just so good. <laughs> I, I know how loved Sileads is or Sileads or whatever, um, however her name is pronounced. So she was one of the Suikoden than five characters I was aware of um, <laughs> without having to do extra research. And Everything I've heard about her and everything I know about her from editing this weekend in five episodes, I, uh, I, I think her fan, her uh, appreciation by the fans is warranted. Yes. So we are in round three officially now. Uh, Audra, you're up next. You have five Star of Destiny slots open still, as well as your flex. What is it going to be? Um, I think I'll go with the Star of Destiny because I honestly was not... I didn't expect to have an option for him. I'm going with Ted from Suikoden 4. Ted, is that, um, is, is, I thought, I thought Zach mentioned him. Yes, it is that Ted. All right. Absolutely killer top three choice. Yeah, no, is, isn't, yeah, isn't he, uh, he's, he's related to Tyr, right? I, yeah, he's, um, probably one of their biggest main connecting characters from it since it's 150 years in the past. But, He's the star of destiny in it, so he counts. Sure does. If you started Suikoden in one slow, so you would have met him because he comes up very early. Yeah. Yes. He's friends with Tyr. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I haven't quite gotten there yet, but I think I have met Ted. I'm. I'm still pretty early in the game. He's just a great character, and I love the way they tied in his story to her, and it's just awesome. Yeah. Yes best part of Suikoden and four like for my money i mean it doesn't really give anything away because it happens in the first hour that you find out that he's the bearer of the soul eater in Suikoden one um so yeah um and then he transfers it over to tur for reasons um that you'll discover um soon and i don't remember honestly because i've only played Suikoden four once um yeah i mean and he's so powerful in Suikoden four as well um because he's got that soul eater yes yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's the Soul Eater is so busted um, in all the games with only two, but yeah. He's probably 
my overall favorite Suikoden character. But yes, I was not expecting to get him. <laughs> so, yay! All right, well, I'm, I'm glad... Yeah, I'm glad you were able to get him uh, by by round three. Uh, again, I, I don't I don't know Ted that well yet, so there was no danger of me picking him. But I'm, I'm, he was maybe on Zach and Wes's radar. Don't want to put words in their mouths, but if I didn't get Tur, I was definitely going after Ted because I wanted the Soul Eater. <laughs> I, I love his relationship with Tur as well, um, and just how loving that is, and like the backstory you get from Sweet and One as well. Um, and just sort of, you know, the journey that you know he's gone on um, and how like sort of fraught and painful that must have been for him um, and how he still maintains some semblance of like decency, um, I think is sort of phenomenal. Um, and it makes him, I think, one of the more admirable characters in the whole Suikoden universe. And I, I, th- I think Zach is going to be pleasant the entire rest of the episode because for the first time in RPG fan Retro Encounter draft history, he got the top of his board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I got all. T- I got top three. I'm, I'm happy. However, it goes from here is just gravy. Yeah, but uh, Wes, it's time to discover uh, what your third pick is going to be. Um, you have drafted your protagonist and one star of destiny, so most of the world is your oyster. Yes, and you know what's really funny is uh, up until Zach was talking about shoe, Silides was my number one NPC pick, and I've just been oscillating between first and second place so often <laughs> that uh, I swapped my my pick for this round into the first place and felt okay about it so it's like okay silene's got taken but i've got my proper first place uh which has got to be odessa silverberg in the npc slot mm. she she was number two on mine which is who i thought you might take <laughs> we were talking about it before the, the recording <laughs> so we were both like dancing around the same two <laughs> um Odessa, you'll be running into in the near future, Solosi, but Odessa is the the leader of the Liberation Army in uh, the first week of the game. And yeah, yes. And she's noteworthy for being, I believe, the only Silverberg you run into that's not a tactician. I believe so. Oh, I, I, I assumed she was a tactician when you said Silverberg. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works, isn't it? But no, actually, the first uh, Silverberg you meet in a Suikoden game is like a, a war hero, essentially. There are rumors all over the place of her being like a giant and and like this literally larger than life persona. Um, but when you meet her, it's it's such a, a human interaction and a, and a human story you get from her and you get the sense of all this carrying and the burden that comes with being, you know, kind of fighting a losing war or at least a, a, a war that you're kind of trying to hit and run and just survive through um, makes her feel not only incredibly human, but it kind of gives you perspective on the rest of the Silverberg family by first seeing this person who is not what you would expect out of that family. Your first uh, uh, view into that is someone completely different than everyone who would come after. Um, I'm trying not to go too deep because Solosi, you're going to get there real soon. <laughs> I mean, there she's such a fabulous character. Um, I mean, having just played through Suikin and one again very recently, uh, there's a conversation that she has with uh, a character um, outside of an inn, we'll say, um, that where she just discloses so much about herself in such a short period of time. And one of the things that I think Suikin one does maybe better than any of the games in the series is like it characterizes people with so, such so quickly yes. um, like it manages to take this enormous cast of characters and make them uh, human really quickly. And I feel like Odessa, um, they do such an amazing job and she's like such a looming figure, but like the way that she gets humanized 
um, by the writers, um, even with the somewhat dodgy translation in Suikoden 1, um, is fantastic. Um, she's such a good character. Yeah, she's so good. I think that's the perfect way to put it. The way that she stands out is she is like the most human person mm-hmm. you, you find, especially early into the first game. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. I, I, You know, I thought a Silverberg would get picked eventually. It, it, this is not the Silverberg, I, I guessed, maybe. But um, where where I am now is um, the three of you have all picked your protagonist. The three of you have all picked your NPC. And while Hugo was at the top of my protagonist list, uh, the NPC, I would, I'll, I'll be shocked if I was going to be shocked if anyone picks the uh, NPC, my, my NPC pick and my protagonist pick because because they're already chosen for you three, I think are going to be my last two now. So I am going to be all over Stars of Destiny over the next couple of rounds. I'm curious now. You're going to regret it when we both flex into your choices. <laughs> you know, I, I really doubt it. My, my, my NPC pick is, is, is admittedly weird. So, uh, uh, but you, it'll, it'll It'll be probably 40 minutes before we get there by now. <laughs> but uh, and uh, so I'm going to only focus on Stars of Destiny for the next two rounds, or I should say the next four rounds. Uh, but I have two in a row. So what do I go with? Um, you know, um, I think Zach knows my appreciation of this fella. Uh, uh, maybe maybe my biggest ass kicker in Suikoden 3. Yep. And my favorite character just from a gameplay design standpoint is Juan from Suikoden 3. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Juan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Juan because I, I love that he is incredibly strong, but comes with a rune that forces him to, fo- to be asleep at the start of battle. <laughs> but even if you equip him with <laughs> with uh, accessories to prevent him from falling asleep um, and, and waste an accessory slot in doing so, uh, he <laughs> just completely kicks ass. And he's also your castle's trainer. So now I have a now my army has a uh, has a skill trainer or martial arts trainer. Yeah, the best martial arts trainer in the game, in fact. Yeah, yeah he's he's awesome. I think uh, I think yeah, the highest skill ceiling of any of them He has a high skill ceiling and he's the main one in your castle. So uh uh, you can get your skill training done outside very easily because I always want him in my party. But yeah, I, I love the design of him being very strong, but starting battle asleep and his extremely lazy personality. So like his uh, character design and his dialogue and his gameplay all sort of synergize. And if you can sort of solve his gameplay, he's extremely powerful. I just love that about him. And I mean, my team is Kile, Juan, and Alucard. So that's a, a front line of ass kickers already. I'm heartbroken right now. Positively heartbroken. Yeah, you're, you're doing more damage than any of us right now. I'm doing just fine. Um, And you know, uh, this is maybe a little unusual. Um, oh no. <laughs> what do I do here? I, 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 my original plan was to try to get Hugo and Fubar together. And that didn't work out. But I really, really like animal characters in Suikoden. I think they, they uh, do a really good job of having your team have a variety of silhouettes, in, in at least in Suikoden 2 and 3, uh, and all kinds of sort of goofiness in your army. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and the animal characters have just as much personality and fun as a lot of the human characters. So uh, maybe this is a surprise. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm going to go with Shiro the Wolf from Suikoden 2. Ooh. Oh yeah, early MVP. On yeah, that's an excellent choice. Yeah, he was. I, I gave him a double beat rune near the beginning, and he was an attacker for like the whole first quarter of the game for me. And I just like having a white wolf on my team. That was 
I, I, I used the wolf and the squirrels a little bit more than I should have in the early goings of Suikoden 2. <laughs> it's, it's a squirrel sentai team. I mean, how could I resist? But uh, but this time I did go with the, uh, the sixth ranger of the squirrel sentai, the white wolf. Maybe not expected, probably not on your boards, but on Team Solosi, Shiro goes. Maybe not on my board, but I'm very proud of you for the pick. Yeah. It's a very Solosi <laughs> pick. It would have been unfair. It, like, it would have been unfair to steal Fubar from you. That would have been entirely a spite pick because, because uh, like, like I mean, you you can't have uh, Hugo without Fubar or Fubar without Hugo. I'm sitting here thinking, ah, oh, Fubar's safe down there. I'll let him hang out for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> my, my decision at the beginning of this uh, of this whole draft was: Do I try to go with Alucard and a star for my first pick, or do I just do Hugo and Fubar back to back? But uh, we, we saw we saw how it went. Um, I ended up with uh, Alucard number one overall, and now my stars of destiny are Kile, Juan, and Shiro. So that's that's a that's a, a whole front yeah, line of killer. ass kickers. Even though she, um, I, I'm I'm happy with that so far. But uh, Wes Fubar is available, but you might be able to save him for later because I don't think Zach, Audra, or I can are going to steal him. From yeah, I'm going to trust you all. I don't have the heart. <laughs> but, but, but what is your pick of round four, Wes? Well, uh, since I've decided to trust, uh, I'm I'm going to be a broken record. You know, the whole legacy thing. The thing that I love most about Suikoden is seeing these people evolve over the course of the series. And one of my absolute favorite ones is Futch. Uh, Good old Futch. Yeah, mate. Yeah, your your team of six could be two-thirds cavalry. <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of my picks are going to be Bright and Fubar. So let's just get ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i'm okay with it <laughs> but what makes fudge so amazing to me is that you know luke kind of evolves along the lines of like being arrogant and learning to like mature and not losing that arrogance um fudge is starting out kind of naive and and optimistic in some ways and growing up and not losing that optimism even though it's challenged a whole awful lot over the course of of fudge's uh, whole journey but i don't know the moment that you see Futch and Bright and Suikoden three, um, and and like they're they're still together, they're still fighting together. Um, Futch is ripped, absolutely mountain of a man, um, which appeals to my sensibility. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where you know their appearance always delights me much more so once they've kind of come to the peak of their journey and they've really become what they wanted to be. Um, plus, I they let me have a person riding a dragon. I wasn't going to not have a person riding a dragon in my party. I'm only human. I, I, I considered bright and Futch for my picks uh, a few minutes ago, but that, but I knew there was a real danger of someone stealing Juan from me and I couldn't, I couldn't allow that. Oh, I would have, that would have been my pick. Yeah. Yeah. Juan, Juan <laughs> is my favorite, uh, minor Suikoden three character, but, 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 um, Futch and maybe eventually also bright together is, uh, is awesome. I, I love them in Suikoden two and three. Uh, they're, it, it, absolutely fabulous pick. I mean, his his arc over, and I think that Futch is like a great example of what Suikoden can do, um, because you see his arc from Suikoden one, and like you meet Futch in like the first half an hour <laughs> of Suikoden one, um, and then you the way you see him grow and change and move, and like the tragedy that he experiences and um, the joy he experiences in two, and getting to see that sort of move forward into three is probably, probably the thing that excited me the most in terms of returning characters. I might've been hoping for a few more, um, but in terms of him, like the first time I played Sweden three, I was like, yes, give me more fudge. I think I used him in my file party the first time I played actually. I'm legitimately getting a little teary eyed thinking about it. Oh, I love it. 
Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's a great, great, great story. Excellent choice. I'm almost shocked that uh, how optional that part of the story is in Suikoden 2. It's it's kind of easy to miss that unless you are, unless you know, oh, I better finish the story in the mountain town. Because it's it's one of the you know minor highlights of it's a game full of highlights, but it's a minor highlight of Suikoden 2, the uh, the the fush and bright recruiting. Well, I mean bright's never yeah 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 bright's bright's not in Suikoden 2. It's it's more of a fush and humphrey thing. But but yeah, you you get you guys know where I'm coming from. Adorable little baby bright. Both both oh. baby bright and adolescent bright are I would I would say are are on the are high up on the cuteness dragon spectrum. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, I think your pick of bright and maybe also Fubar is probably safe unless Audra or Zach want to be unusually cruel, Wes. But uh, let's give Audra let's give Audra that opportunity for cruelty by um, breaking some hearts on this draft board. What's your Audra? What's your pick for round four? Actually, I was going to go with my Suikoden 3 character, which isn't bright, but it, it's actually Sheba, my favorite Lizard Clan member. Oh, fantastic pick. Amazing pick. Oh, yeah. excellent choice. I love the Lizard Clan in Suikoden 3. It's like, it's like they, 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 they remarkably humanized the uh, four or five Lizard Men that you get close to in that game. Yeah, it's, it was between him or as the NPC, the the one that adopted Alanis <laughs> as an uncle, which I thought was just cute. But, um, I just, I love Sheba. <laughs> he's a great character. He's an excellent warrior. And then he worries about his weight. Which is <laughs> funny. And then his comments are always really entertaining and fun. And I liked how, um, in the game, he's the one that Chris fights to prove the honor of the lizard clan. That was actually a pretty good scene. So he's just, yep, he's just a great character. They, they really could have made the Lizard Clan and the Duck Clan either jokes or just faceless villains in, in uh, for the Lizard can, Clan specifically, but they didn't. They made them... They made them unique and um and and again remarkably human for being anthropomorphic animals and fun and cool. Uh, my only the only thing I dislike about the lizard clan is backtracking through their cave network so many times. Yeah, the whole lizard clan is a standout, and I think Sheba's absolutely the standout of the standouts. <laughs> so so yeah, forgive me that, but I I, I enjoy the lizard clan and Sweet in Three a lot. Sheba's a great pick. Yes, thank you. Are we ready to move on to Zach, or are we good? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right, no, that's all good. Um, uh, so Zach, uh, let's close out round four. What is your fourth member of your army? So once upon a time, uh, Miriama, the guy who created Suikoden, said that the most powerful person in all of Suikoden was Luca Blight, and he left uh, at halfway through Suikoden three. So obviously, he didn't work on Suikoden five, and he did, was not involved in the creation of Mia Keys who is the most powerful warrior oh, in all this weekend. Good choice. I love Mia Keys. Um, so first of all, from a battle perspective, <laughs> Mia Keys, I'm not joking. Um, in the final battle, um, Mia Keys took down, there's like, like these, uh, I don't want to give away what it, what it looks like, but there's like these like these enemies in front of the enemy you have to take down. Uh, Miki's killed all of them in the first round and then took about two-thirds of the boss's health off. Um, just her. Um, because of the way that technique works in Suikoden 5. Um, she's totally, absolutely, ridiculously broken um, if you outfit her correctly. Um, so 
I love that about Mia Keys. And it's really like it's really easy to break Suikoden 2. It's even easier to break Suikoden 5. And of all the broken characters in Suikoden 5, she's the most broken. Um, she is, I mean, you've got others like Richard and even Leon, who you can totally bust. But she is the one who uh, takes the cake. Um, but I also absolutely adore her as a character. Um, so she functions as a bodyguard to the princess of the kingdom um and and then she's got this absolute loyalty in a way that like almost like a gremio had um in sweet in one um and also she has this really weird um and i can't say too much about it but like this weird um sort of tension with another star of destiny in sweet in five um based on her sort of half witnessing an event um and the way that all plays out and the way that that storyline plays out um i think gets to like sort of the joie de vivre that she has, but also like the loyalty that she has to the people who are important to her. Um, and she's just a fabulous character and also busted. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do not know uh, uh, Mia Keys, um, but I, I Googled her in the background while Zach was talking. And this is one of the least intimidating looking characters. That's definitely very powerful <laughs> that uh, in, in this, in this whole series. And, and I do like the juxt- juxtaposition there. And I love that she um, wasn't supposed to be a dragon rider, horse rider or something at first. That's how she became a queen's knight, was her backstory, was that they didn't want her because she was a female. I mean, I was sort of like, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I forgot about that. And that is great, like bringing her along on that like little side story with dragon stuff. Mm, excellent. But uh, Zach, um, Mia Keese was your pick for round four, but you're not done yet because you get two in a row. What is the first pick of round five? I got to go to another powerhouse. Like I'm all about the physical powerhouses and also great characters. And I got it with Victor from Sweet Kid One and Two. Victor was on my board too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, so I forgot. Um, so in, in both Sweet Kid and One, he is. Um, He's forced into your party a lot in Suikoden in One, but like unlike the other character who's forced into your party a lot in Suikoden in One, I was never sad about it um, because he just hits like a truck. Um, and in Suikoden in Two, he's not forced in nearly as much, but I still had him in my final party every time I've beaten that game, and it's been a lot of times. Um, so he is an absolute powerhouse. He does enormous amounts of damage. No, he's not like on Killy or Sheena's level in Suikoden 2, um, but he doesn't require as much manipulation to um, make him busted. Um, but I actually just love his personality. Um, I, I had forgotten how much he does in Suikoden 1 because he is the one who first sort of recruits you um, into the Liberation Army. So he's the one who sort of sets this all in motion. Um, but also just like how wild he's willing to go. Like there's, there's a point where he's willing to like burn down someone's house just to like force them out and how he's sort of like a, a grifter, but also his relationship with the star dragon sword. Uh, that's what it's called. It's called right. Star dragon sword um, is hilarious in both Suikoden and one and two. And just like their repartee um, is incredible. And his whole backstory with neck Lord. Um, I, 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 I he is my favorite character in Sweet in one and two outside of Shu. Um, and that's saying something because he just has so much personality and he's hilarious. Um, and he's also just awesome in battle. Yeah. Victor was on my board. Um, n- not super high up on it. Like I, I might've gotten him with a late star of destiny pick, but he's, but, but Victor and flick together are an, an awesome uh, duo in Sweet in two. And I, and definitely, I think one of the, uh, or including flick two of the uh, sort of core signature characters of the series. Honestly, my greatest disappointment with Suikoden 3 is there was no Flicter. Um, I was very sad about oh, that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, even even if they were, even if they were middle aged dudes or something, because because like, like Sweet Three is like it, it's like fifteen years after Sweet and Two or something. Exactly. I don't, I don't remember, I don't, There's no reason for Victor not to be there. Yeah. Right. Listen, that's an odd choice. It, it, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have damaged Sweet and Three, I think, to include them. That was that was my big criticism. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like you might have stolen one of Audra's yeah. future picks with Victor. I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure about that, Audra. But you do have um, the second pick of round five ahead of you. So what's it going to be? I think I'm going with a, actually a Tyrkris character just because I adore her personality more than anything else. Ah, yes. The game that took uh, that taught thousands of RPG fans the German word for Zodiac. Yep. <laughs> um, and that would be Sissica. Okay. Because she is just insane. I do not know this character, so please tell me about Sissica. Well, she's basically the uh, older sister of one of the childhood friends of Sieg, the main character. And she's kind of insane, and she basically has decided that she's adopted Sieg as her son. And so she... All right. So he's always like, you're not my mother, (laughs) whenever they run into her. And she's very nice, and she's sweet, and she sings beautifully, but she also thinks that you need to put salt water on wounds. And she's just kind of just amazing. Yeah, she's a delight. She's just energetic and insane. and Yeah. And she fights with the crossbow, and she has healing magic, and she's she's a good fit overall for the party. Okay, well, to um, to no one's surprise, I haven't played Tear Chris, but uh, Wes or Zach, do you know much about Sissica? I have played it once, um, most of the way through. I don't remember. <laughs> I uh, I played it once, like fresh to release. But uh, as soon as I googled Sissica, I was like, "Oh, I remember that character!" It's like instantly, "Oh yeah, she's amazing." She's a standout she? just from her. Okay, now that I googled her, you're right. I remember now. <laughs> yeah, that design is excellent. <laughs> I love her design too. It looks like at least some of the characters from the starting area of of Tear Chris have sort of a like a draped islander kind of vibe. Maybe, uh, maybe, but it's 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 an it's a cool clothing choice. I, I like the look of her. So she's basically my choice just for personality. All right, so Wes, you have some more personalities to end to your t- to uh, add to your team before we call it a day. Who is your pick for round five? I sure do. This is actually. Another one that was made easy by Zach, because I had a a little bit of a competition between two, uh, and Victor ain't it anymore. Um, so I think Luke needs a little bit of magic assistance, and it's going to be Vicky bringing it in. Ooh. It's got to be Vicky. Uh, Vicky was on my list. I was going to consider her next. So uh, so you <laughs> um, you might have not been able to get her in round, in round six, Wes. So uh, good choice. And also now you have a means of, of fast travel. Yes, uh, it's the utility player in her. The fact that she shows up in every game twice in one of them as two separate stars of Destiny. Um, really powerful caster, but most importantly, just the most lovable character <laughs> in like the whole dang series. Um, She's so sweet. So utterly klutzy, so all-powerful. <laughs> the fact that when you meet her child form, her child form seems to be in complete control of all of her faculties and... Uh, there's like so much mystery built up around her, but 
you know, she's the one who offers, you know, your, your teleportation services, which are vital <laughs> in a lot of those games. And I mean, the moment you get the blinking mirror and her always the yeah. best part of any Suikoden game. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like, it's like, it's like getting a double jump in a Metroidvania game. I mean, especially in Suikoden three. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The yeah. amount of backtracking. Um, so not only that, like she is actually an amazing caster to have in your party when they let you. And uh, her her kind of gimmick in every single game is during kind of like the epilogue, she always teleports ostensibly to the next game because <laughs> she seems to be something of a time traveler. Yeah, it's always her as um, from the previous game in each one, which I think is <laughs> clever. And people are constantly talking about how, oh, I remember you from this. She's like, oh, I have no memory of that. And it's really hard to say if it's because... The grown-up Vicky is a space cadet, which is why the, the child Vicky in Suikoden Three, being much more put together, is a is is a um, amusing surprise. She but, is a puzzle uh, box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely a mysterious and cool and uh, key to Suikoden um, character. Yeah, it's, it's a great great pick. I, no joke, I was she was under consideration for my next one. Oh, good good pick for me then. I'm feeling good. Well, I I guess I'll go on to my pick then. Um. And uh, you'll see why Vicky fit in here. Uh, first of all, my team is uh, three men and a wolf. So my team needs some ladies on it. Um, and I also, my team needs some magic users on it because like Kile, Juan, and Shiro are uh, entirely frontline. So my approach, um, even before uh, the uh, Wes's Vicky pick, was I need some women and I need some magic users to balance my team out. And um, so, so I have a, a couple that I'm looking at right now to pick from. Vicky was on that list and now is no longer. So I think I am going to go with a different mysterious lady of the of Suikoden fame and go with Jen. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's a good Ooh. one. I need I need someone back at the house to take care of all of our runes. Um, Juan Juan is our skill trainer, and now I need a rune trainer. And Jen is the beautiful mysterious. A uh, rune master in maybe not every Suikoden game, but a bunch of them or most of them. And I think that's a, and, and she has the, she might also be a mysteriously immortal character like a, uh, uh, like a Vicky or, or, or a Ted who seems to be ageless. Um, so or maybe, maybe it's the Solia rune that's doing that to Ted, but uh, like, like the fans speculating that Jen has a, uh, a, a, a true rune of her own <laughs> and, um, and her just being just a really cool presence in all the Suikoden in games. I, I really, really like her. So, uh, Jen is on my team. She's a great character. But, uh, she, she's not going to be in battle cause I need, I, I, I need six people in battle, right? And Alucard's taking up one of those spots. So, so, so Jen, she's going to take care of all of our runes at home. So thank you for that, Jen. But I also need a magic user for battle. And I'm trying to choose between two different ones right now. And uh, do I go with, hmm, let's put it to a vote. Do I go with the Suikoden 2 pick or the Suikoden 3 pick? I mean, I'm always going to say Suikoden 3, but. <laughs> I love Suikoden 3 too. I guess I'll say 2 just to give it some love. All right, we're going to go with the Suikoden 3 pick. I'm picking um, one of my favorite comedy characters in the game, who's also a kick-ass magic user, Estella. Excellent choice. Estella, the uh, pathological lying witch that is really good with uh, with basically any element of magic. I think, I, I, I think she's probably my second best lightning user other than Godot. Uh, but... I just like that she has this assistant that she bullies. She's uh, 
very silly and funny. She joins you almost by accident, almost by forcing herself on you. And I did use her in because you have to do some multiple party stuff towards the end of Suikoden Three. I used her a lot in that uh, in the last phase of Suikoden Three. So um, Estella is my pick. With apologies to my almost choice Rena from Suikoden Two. Oh, she would have been good too. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I would have picked Rena there. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I love her whole dynamic with with Ryu, and oh, it's excellent. Yeah, I'm, now I'm reconsidering. <laughs> No takes backs. Yeah, no, I, I hit enter on the sp- I hit enter on the spreadsheet, so I uh, I it's it's over now. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, no, Jen and Estella. I wanted I wanted some ladies on the team. I wanted and I wanted some magic users on the team, and I, I've accomplished that goal. So now it's Wes's turn. Uh, Wes, um, we are in round six now, so we have three selections left: your Konami Flex and two Stars of Destiny. Estella is also delightful, for the record. Yeah, and you know, my flex is too competitive, and I'm going to hope someone else picks it down and narrows it down for me. Um, I've left them sitting long enough. Fubar needs to come home. Fubar needs to come home. I'm not going to leave Hugo waiting any longer uh, for his best Griffin pal in the whole wide world. I mean, mean, if you have Hugo and Fubar lined up properly and uh, as a single unit, have you ever seen them die? No. (laughs) Right. They're an unkillable machine. (laughs) yep (laughs) plus i mean it's just amazing to be able to ride a griffin into battle no matter what game you're talking about no matter what situation you're talking about i know what your favorite army in in warcraft 2 was then for sure (laughs) (laughs) oh couldn't stand alliance but couldn't stay away from the griffins (laughs) why didn't we get griffins guys and ironically, I, I, I think there's a good chance your next pick is a dragon. So I, I, I guess you really do straddle the line in Warcraft, Wes. <laughs> there's a real, there's a real decent chance of that. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say about Fubar besides that Fubar is fantastic and he's a very, very good boy. And unlike, um, you know, unlike military parlance, Fubar does not stand up for fouled up beyond all repair in a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> That's just the name his mommy gave him. So, okay, uh, Audra, it is your turn to be the mommy give character <laughs> name. Nope, nope, staying away from that. Uh, yeah, Audra, what's your what's your pick in round six? Mm-hmm. I think I'll go with... I'm torn. Because uh, you, you have... You, um, similar to Wes, you have two stars of destiny and your flex left. I think I might go with my flex and say, actually, um, the fortune teller from Shadow of Destiny... Okay. Oh, amazing. Pick. I I don't know Shadow of Destiny. No, is, is this although I think game? there was a character cameo in Suikoden 4 from it, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, tell us a little bit about Shadow of Destiny, because I, I don't know this game. It's a graphic adventure, interactive novel type game, uh, 3D, where a character, he dies early on in the game, but gets brought back to life by a homunculus who can travel through time. And sends him to different time periods to try to accomplish, to prevent his death, supposedly. And then it turns into this huge storyline about alchemy and hidden agendas. And it's just an interesting game. And the fortune teller is, she's a spirit lady that lives in a house in the present day with connections to the past areas. And she can, she's telekinetic. She actually tells him when he's going to die next. 
but she can also manipulate time to an extent, and she's just a very interesting character, and I loved her plot reveal when they go into her in some of the endings. Okay, so this is an adventure-slash-visual novel from Junko Kawano, who was the co-creator of Suikoden alongside uh, Murayama. And, uh, again, this is me doing some background research, and it's, it's, it seems like a cool one, but, again, uh, nowhere near my radar for this draft. So, th- thank you for... D- so, yeah, so, yeah, so, so, thank you for the education, Audra. Oh, you're welcome. It's a fun game. This is an Audra special right here. <laughs> And uh, it looks like early PS2 and was maybe later ported to some other systems called Shadow of Memories in Japanese. It was a fascinating game, especially for its time. It felt very unique. And I played it with a group of friends and it was fun because we ended up spelling things wrong. So we'd say like Mason Gate when we meant Mansion Gate. and It just ended up being a fun time. (laughs) So I remember it fondly. All right, so Zach, I, I I think Audra might have ruined your shadow of destiny plans uh, for the for the draft, but 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 like Audra and Wes, um, your round six options are two stars of destiny and a flex. So what's it going to be? And you have two in a row. So my first ones, I got to complete the flicker combination. <laughs> I'm going to go flick, um, oh who is always in my main party at the end of Suikoden one and at the end of Suikoden two. I mean, he hits effectively, but he's also, if you throw that Thunder Rune on him, does amazing damage with his magic. Um, so you can usually take down, you know, one of the heads of whatever it is we're fighting um, at the end. Um, so I love him for that, um, for just being so useful in battle, um, you know, doing good damage, but also doing amazing damage with magic. Um, but also just a great character. Um his arc in Suikoden 1, I think, is really fascinating. Um, not without giving too much away, we know that he is involved in the Liberation Army to begin with. He is involved uh, with Odessa. Um, and he talks so frequently over the course of Suikoden 1 about his um, his maturity and um, the ways in which he's trying to grow um, it, it throughout Suikoden 1. Um, and then and I kind of forgotten about that because I, I've played Suikoden 2 so many more times, but thinking about like how you see that growth in Suikoden 2 or become sort of a leader of a group, um, and how effective he is as leader as a group. Um, and his interplay with Victor is always great, but particularly I just, I love his character growth. I love his character design. He's just so cool. Um, and he always gets himself sort of in these situations with different women that I think are really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, including, including, yeah, Rena and Suikoden 2. I remember, I remember vividly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, another character in Suikoden 1 as well. Um, I think the Suikoden 2 thing was a sort of a callback to that. And, um, he's, he's just great. Um, he's, he's fun. He's useful in battle. Um, I, I never go into a final into a battle without him if I can avoid it because I just love I love his character. And uh, uh, Zach, you have another one to pick. Is uh, so your picter is not done because you have flicker. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that you know, physically hurt me. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, my I, my uh, my transition game for podcasting used to be pretty good, but I need to I need to shake the rust off. But uh, uh, Zach, give us your pick for round seven. Man, this is tough. So many good options left. Um, I'm gonna go with Uber. Yeah, Uber. How someone from Boston um, says the name Yuba. <laughs> I I feel like you know Uber. Um, and he, he as many of these characters do, he appears in the first three Suikoden games. 
Um, and he is always such a force of menace. Um, I feel like in ways that outside of Luca Blight, maybe um, no one else achieves. Um, and I, I just feel like um, like when you get to control him in battle um, in some of the other games, um, those who haven't played it, I won't say much more than that, but um, he, he's super obviously overpowered there. He's not even as powerful as Mia Keys, but he is super powerful. And I, I, he's just got a cool factor that is uh, unmatched. Um, by even his rival, Pesmerja, which I'm still waiting to find out how that rivalry uh, resolves itself. Um, but he's he's just he just trips cool. And I, I, I love Uber. And every time he appears in a game, I'm mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, speaking of trip, Uber has a pretty awesome hat yeah. in Suikoden 3. The, the little bit of that change in Suikoden 3 is absolutely a killer glow up. It's it's madness. <laughs> I like Uber. I did too. He's pretty cool. I, I also like Uber as a, um, I, I mean, you, you said force of menace, just a, uh, just, just pure intimidation. Um, if you, and if you play Suikoden's one through three in a row, I'm sure it's a mind blow when uh, you get, when Uber does in fact become a star of destiny towards the end of Suikoden three. And, and you see at least a little bit of what his agenda is, although um, his overall agenda and his relationship with Pesmerja is still basically a mystery to fans unless there's a bunch of Suikoden side games that I haven't played that, that illuminate on that. <laughs> Nothing that I am aware of. And I would have looked into it because <laughs> Pesmerja was also definitely high on my list because I love Pesmerja. All right. So Audra, it's your turn. Now you have two picks to go. They are both stars of destiny. So who's it going to be in round seven? Ooh, tricky. Um, I think I might say Shun actually from Suikoden Five. Ooh, I know. I like that choice. How, how do you spell that? S H O O N. I was thinking of another martial artist too from a different one, but I like Shun. I thought the storyline with the gladiators was interesting in Suikoden Five, and they really gave him some interesting background with the characters he looks up to and the friendship that he ends up getting with them. Freshador, the prince. So he's just an interesting character that ends up doing a lot actually in the plot. I'm a real sucker for that character design too. I don't know. It's that Mm -hmm. it speaks to my childhood anime fan. I, I don't I don't know Shun because I haven't played Suikoden Five, but he looks like he's the main character of another game. Like like this is a guy who has his own game somewhere. Yes, he does kind of look like that. <laughs> he's a good character. I th- I, I feel like um, when you get Shun and then when you get Shun again, <laughs> like th- like the gap between that is really cool, um, and like the way Shun is introduced is really cool. Um, I, I Shun's a great character. Um, Suikoden Five has. It might have the best cast, um, and that's that's a that's a tough one. But yeah, I liked how you they end up leaving him in the first part, and then he's kind of he helps them out with the uprising right. in the next part. It's just a great comeback. I, I was not expecting, even like because I had, I played it again uh, not not that recently, I guess now for Retro Encounter. I was like, oh yeah, Shun's back. Um, great character. There are so many good um, martial artists and physical attackers in Suikoden 5 as well. Um, just so many good characters. They do a great job with the Stars of Destiny in Suikoden 5. I, I do like my punch boys and punch girls. And um, 
I, I even thought about getting Emily uh, somewhere from Sukaden three somewhere in my draft, but that uh, that that ship has sailed. Uh, but uh, Wes, you could draft Emily or a number of other punch people. Um, but I think I know what one of your what your last star of destiny pick is going to be. So now that Bright's back in my party, <laughs> let's just lock in Bright nice okay. and, and quick here. And, locking in Bright. And honestly, I think Bright kind of enriches Fubar in some ways because Bright has so much personality. Um, you know, in, in Suikoden 3, when when Bright really gets to shine. Um, because, I mean, first off, the, the design of Bright as a dragon is one of my favorite dragon designs of all time. It will forever inform what I think the ideal dragon form looks like, because that big square jaw and the, the the like heavy musculature is like that's that's a dragon to me. <laughs> that is the definitive dragon. Um, but Bright is kind of a goober in a lot of ways, like absolutely personable, little touchy about people uh, touching him, always irritating Fubar and looking to play, and like those two are actually like you know good friends in the castle. You find. Fubar and Bright together. I couldn't leave those two separated either. Um, but more importantly, it's 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 like how he he symbolizes the hope that was brought back to to um, to Futch, Fuch, Fuch. Um, he he's he's kind of like this this glowing bit of hope that brought this kid who was just in the depths of despair kind of back back into the world. Yes, yes, he's a very good boy. Bright is a very good boy. And um, uh, Futch and Bright were considerations for my list, but you you drafted Futch too early for me to make a move on them. Um, yeah, you, you, your army you you're basically the cavalry unit of this of of these four armies. Um, but I, I guess now it's my turn. Uh, we're at the end of the seventh round and beginning of the eighth round, and I have a, a lot to choose from because my uh, my protagonist and my NPC are both remaining. Um, and I'll 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 go and one of those I think is 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 obvious and one's less obvious. I'm picking Rio for my protagonist. Um, that that was gonna happen. I, I, <laughs> the fact that he lasted this long is amazing. Yeah, no, I I like his design. I like the tonfas. I like the bright shield rune. Um, um, I, I love his relationship with Joe and Nanami. Oh, uh, and and Pilico. How could I how could I dare forget Pilico? Um, uh, like calling him Uncle Rio to break breaks your heart a little bit at the very uh, near the beginning as we get into. But Rio goes through a lot. Um, he uh, he is this maybe not unlike Bright. He is a symbol of hope that uh, and for a while he's like they communicate how uh, dangerous the forces he's going against are by having him on the run for uh, and and just escaping things over and over for a lot of the first half of Suikoden 2 and then when you finally get your castle and start bringing people together for your cause and you meet Shu and uh and sort of uh Joey uh has a character turn it 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 sort of changes the tone of the game and makes and and now and puts Rio on the offensive more that's that's not really a character change for him but just is just a a tonal shift that uh that he's a part of. I, I really like Rio as a main character and I'm very very happy to put him on the team. Any main character not using a sword is noteworthy, and using tonfas doubly so. Yeah, and also, he has he uses he fights with tonfas, which is just which is just underutilized in uh, in RPGs. I think um, Murayama, maybe also uh, uh, Junko wanted. I, I think they they deliberately go against having their main character be a boy with a sword all the time. 
because I mean, I mean, we have staves and a nine section staff and tanfas. It's like it's like we want we want a we, when we want a hero of the people, they should have a weapon that's more of the people. Is 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 at least how I feel. I I, I think is that that's how some of their attitude is going into how they designed Tyr and Rio at least. Um, I have one pick left. It's an NPC. It's from Suikoden Two, and it is a uh mostly a villain i think but maybe not the one you're thinking of i'm, I'm going to talk about who i'm not picking before i say who i pick oh. uh, zach do you think you know who it is i think you're picking joey i'm not oh. um man that that unite that unite attack with ryu yeah Oof. it's it's awesome and it, it carries you through the first several parts of the game like i, I think joey is similar to delhi to uh Hyrule from final fantasy tactics one of the great anti-heroes slash second protagonists slash uh npcs of that era of rpgs um and i'm also not picking luca blight who is zach mentioned before we've mentioned him a couple times in this podcast we did a villains episode on him is just this uh this force of rage and darkness who's incredibly intimidating um really effective villain for the first two-thirds or so of Suikoden of Suikoden 2 and maybe you think i'm picking um i'm trying to make a vampire team and picking Neck Lord also seemed like a that. very strong possibility i'm not doing that you. either because <laughs> i know you love Le- yeah i'm not doing that either because i I love Neglord's battle theme. I think he's very fun as a character. I love oh, vampire wow. stuff. If this was a Sesame Street draft, I would have picked <laughs> the Count in the first two rounds. Um, but I'm not picking any of them. My favorite villain in Suikoden 2 is Han Cunningham. I I really like his arc. Um, uh, he's mentioned in the story a bunch, and when you fight him near the end of Suikoden 2, I didn't real I thought I didn't realize he was still alive. Because like they they yeah, they speak of in the distant past how Han Cunningham and uh, and Genkaku who was a uh, Rio and Joey's martial arts mentor uh, were best friends and fought on the for a while the same side and eventually different sides of the previous war they were the holders of the uh, of the black sword and bright shield runes um, and they ended up clashing together as the sort of yin yang un- unstoppable force immovable object. Just like uh, uh, just like Rio and Joey eventually do, like Rio and Joey's story, in part is almost a retelling of Han and uh, and uh, Genkaku's story. I don't need to tell you all this; you all know Suikoden way better than I do. But um, but but Han uh, defeated Genkaku way in the past because of some shady circumstances, and you know Han is the most honorable of warriors. He's defending uh, uh, the capital city that you're raiding in the last chapter just just you can tell he's just the the oldest soldier type and you know that him beating genkaku those years ago has just been eating at him so when you defeat him in a duel and i, and I believe kill him um against rio um i think that sort of han did not throw the fight but he sort of maybe died with a smile on his face because because he is just this character mostly existing in lore but is just this pillar of how Suikoden talks about honor and duty and the, and, uh, and, uh, and, and nations at war that, that just made me, I, I, after the battle with Han and me thinking about Suikoden too, for the podcast and for the Luca Blight episode later, I thought about him a lot after playing that game. And I, I, I think that even though he's barely in the game at all, and again, it's easy to assume he's already dead until your duel against him, um, I think he's a really standout minor villain, and I, I, I'm making him my final pick of the draft. 
I think that's a fabulous choice. Uh, and I, I love the way that you brought up how he dies with a smile on his face, which is very, um, like, Suikoden indefinitely is steeped, obviously, in the water margin, but also very much in, like, Japanese ideas about honor um, and, uh, like, sort of the samurai code. Um, and they the way they do that with duels and the way, like, sometimes when you defeat people, they're happy that you defeated them. Um, I won't say anything beyond that, but I, I think that... Um, the, the way that happens with Han is, is a great moment that I was totally not expecting the first time I played the game. And it's still affecting every time I play Suikoden in two, I think it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's why I love the guy. Very good. Very good choice. <laughs> Legit. It's an excellent choice. Never yeah, I, again, I was pretty sure that my Han Cunningham NPC pick was going to be safe. This whole game, this whole thing. <laughs> so um, I'm, uh, I, I didn't get every single character I wanted in this draft, but I'm glad at least my final, my, that part of my plan uh, went according to plan. But uh, Wes, you have one last character to plan out for your army and they are your Konami flex. So you have a bunch of people available to you. It almost feels like a shame after that very profound and thoughtful choice uh, to ask this question about the flex pick. But um, how outside the bun we willing to think here when we're talking about Konami flex characters? Because I got a few that are like a good fit. They fit into my army. They can make a home and sweep it in and be okay. But I've got one that kind of wrecks the curve. <laughs> and, and definitely skirts around the concept of uh, drafting a person. If you're drafting the Vic Viper starship from Gradius, then by all means, go ahead. I mean, Alucard already wrecks the curve. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, my my decision, I, I figured for my own sake, I needed to draft something sentient. Uh, and then I thought about uh, a fun little series called Zone of the Enders. Uh, specifically Zone of the Enders, the second runner, where main character Dingo is severely injured at the beginning of the game and spends most of the game... <laughs> I only know a little bit about Zone of the Enders, but are you drafting a mecha? I'm drafting Dingo, the pilot of the mecha in Zone of the Enders 2. However, at the beginning of that game, he is injured so severely that Jehudi, the, the kind of series flagship mech, becomes his life support system. And because I have to imagine you would not make me uh, go through with drafting a dead man, I have to assume his life support equipment comes with him. I feel like that would only be fair, right? I am allowing you to draft Dingo as well as his life support mecha for this, for the purposes of this draft. All right. So these war battles are about to get a whole lot easier. Um, I, I don't need him to take up like the four spots he would probably occupy in my battle party. Um, he's just going to take care of the war segments for me completely because I've got a giant robot that can fire like dozens of missiles and energy beams at a time has a, has functionally a beam saber strapped to its arm. Um, Suikoden's going to be very different after this comes uh, into play. I mean, what Fallout taught us that war never changes, but I think you completely just dumped over that uh, that whole philosophy with this pick. Yeah, this is uh, this is a fun dream team for me now. I got my mecha pick into a, a completely unacceptable uh, place. Well, all right. Um, Audra, uh, your last pick uh, for round eight is a Star of Destiny pick, so I don't think you can draft a mecha from Zone of the Enders. But uh, but you still have hundreds of characters available to you, so who's it going to be to fill out your army? I was thinking either Kika from Foreign Tactics or Zephan from Woven Web. But I actually started thinking about there hasn't been a ninja really yet. So I'm going with Kasumi. 
Yeah, oh god, there's Kasumi in 1 and 2 and Ayame in 3, so we're, we have Dead or Alive characters happening here. That's my, Whoops. So yeah, tell us a little bit about Kasumi. She's um, from Suikoden 1 and 2. She's just, she's a great character. She's a Kunoichi from the Ninja Village. She kind of ends up getting a crush on Tur, but she ends up doing messaging and, and like spying and stuff for the army. And she becomes she comes back in Suikoden 2 as a representative of those nations to help Ryo you. You can choose between her and another character. And I just I've always liked her design and I like the Shrike rune I think she has that's pretty potent. So and who doesn't love ninja? It really would have been a tragedy if we didn't have a single ninja in this whole thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about one yep. from five who has a very tragic backstory, but uh, I didn't quite go there. I did use the ninjas a little bit in Suikoden in two and three, but I, uh, I I don't think I really had them under consideration because I, I had different plans for my army. Kasumi's a great choice. I, I, I never pick her in Suikoden in two because I love Valeria that much, who is also in under consideration, but yeah. But we still have one last pick to complete the plans for these armies. Uh, Zach, you have a Konami Flex left to do, so you could pick any Suikoden character not chosen already and any Konami thing not chosen already. So you have uh, a lot to think about still. Um, or, excuse me, not a lot to think about. You have a lot of options in front of you. Who's it going to be? A lot of options occurred to me. I thought about Splinter. Um, he would be a great one-two punch for strategy with Shu. He could even out, probably outmaneuver Wes's army at this point. He'd be a good skill trainer, too. Yeah, it's ex- I thought about him. I thought about Donatello, who would be excellent under shoe and under tur weapon and also kind of a strategist. I was basically thinking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the truth is that there are so many people left on my board from Suikoden that I cannot leave Suikoden at this point. Um, oh, so it's not going to be Homer Simpsons from the Arca- Konami arcade game. Uh, it is not. He definitely <laughs> would not have been my choice. Um, I- I've got a lot of power on my team, but I need some money. Um, which means that I need Egbert Ethelbald from Suikoden 5 on my team, who is the best choice, uh, honestly. <laughs> now, uh, Egbert is amazing. Um, he's hilarious. Um, so Egbert will shout at you every time you talk to him. Um, he is a group. He is a part of like a noble family that was overthrown by the like the nobles who are sort of the evil bad guys in Suikoden 5. Um, and he just shouts about how evil everybody in that army is. Um, and you will only find him in two places. One is in a sewer and the other is like an underground passageway. <laughs> in order to recruit him, you have to literally watch as like one letter after another goes up very slowly as he is shouting about how much he hates the Godwins. Um, and it's incredible. Um, but the best thing about Egbert, outside of the fact that he is the most entertaining character, maybe in all of Suikoden, um, talk to him after every major event. I'm not kidding. He's hilarious. Just ask Leota. We're on the same page on this one. Is that if you put him in your envoy, like your sort of your convoy area, um, like he makes you more money. Um, and I need more money on my team and Egbert's going to help me make more money. And he's also going to make me laugh a lot by shouting about the filthy devils that are the godwins let's not undervalue one of the finest moustaches in all of suikoden oh that's 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 a fact (laughs) 
All right, well, that is the last pick of the last round of the Retro Encounter Suikoden draft. Um, and there's one last thing we have to do before we sign off, and that is name our teams. Uh, a fantasy football team is nothing without a great fantasy football team name. So uh, I'm going to give you a few minutes to come up with a team name if you haven't already done so yet by uh, just by going over the picks one last time and doing a little bit of housekeeping. So uh, to uh, for this draft, we picked... Each picked one protagonist, five stars of destiny, one Suikoden NPC, and one Konami Flex. Zach's team is led by Tyr McDole from Suikoden 1, then Shu from Suikoden 2, Miyakis from 5, Victor from 1 and 2, Flick from 1 and 2, Uber from a bunch of them, Sia leads from Suikoden 5, and Egbert from Suikoden 5. This is a Suikoden 5 heavy team. Maybe I should play that one eventually. Uh... Now, Audra has probably the biggest game diversity of any one of any one of us on her team. Her uh, team is Kirill from Suikoden Tactics. Yes. Right. Okay. Kirill from Suikoden Tactics. Ted from Suikoden Four and One. Uh, Sheba from Suikoden Three. Sisika from Suikoden Tearchris. Shun from Suikoden Five. Kasumi from Suikoden One and Two. Elza from Suikoden uh, m- Multiple Suikodens or just two. two? Just two. All right. Let, Sure, sure. Elza from Suikoden 2, the fortune teller from Shadow of Memories slash Destiny, and uh, oh yeah, that, that, that's the team. Um, Wes has Hugo from Suikoden 3, Luke from Suikoden's 1 through 3, Futch from Suikoden's 2 and 3, uh, v- Vicky from Suikoden's all of them, Fubar from Suikoden 3, Bright from Suikoden's 2 and 3, Odessa from Suikoden 1, Dingo from Zone of the Enders, mostly the Zone of the Enders 2 version. Uh, and my team is Ryo from Suikoden 2, Kile from Suikoden 2, Juan from Suikoden 3, Sh- uh, Shiro from Suikoden 2, Jean from a bunch of Suikodens, Estella from Suikoden 3, Han Cunningham from Suikoden 2, and Alucard from the Castlevania series. So uh, I'll give you a little bit longer to come up with your team names in case you're struggling. Um, uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this weird, wacky Suikoden journey. Uh, it has been my This has been my first Retro Encounter podcast, or anyone's first Retro Encounter podcast, in about three months. Um, so it's great to be back. I have a lot of exciting plans for the podcast going forward for the rest of 2022. And uh, I'm excited to tell you about them over the course of a bunch more episodes. But speaking in the very near future, we are doing two episodes on Suikoden 1, which we've referred to multiple times and I've shared on social media uh, later this month. So I need to get back to playing that thing so we can uh, talk about it in some detail next week and then in, in, uh, in a lot of detail the following week. Um, so I have, a, I have a couple weeks ahead of me to finish that thing. Um, and then going, uh, uh, looking ahead to July, um, we, I can confirm that we're playing Tales of Exilia for the podcast. That is a, uh, a, a mostly well-liked Tales game that's stuck in the PS3 generation that I've been putting off playing for a long, long time. Uh, I, I'll tell you all about it when I eventually get to that. But that's our uh, two-episode game journal planned for July. We are also doing an episode on accessibility for video gamers, um, talk, uh, which is a subject near and dear to the hearts of, uh, of several of us here at RPG Fan, perhaps especially Hilary Andreff. So she, I know she's going to be on that episode telling us all about, um, about um, accessibility and, uh, and, and, related, and related topics uh, for... A July episode and the other July episode I'm planning out. I'm pretty sure we're bringing back the quiz show uh, where I'm doing our first quiz show in a little bit less than a year. Um, it's going to be a different format from last time. Uh, and uh, But the questions are almost all written and we will uh, get to a quiz show in one of the first two weeks of July. 
So uh, that's enough for the future of the podcast. Let's talk about our teams one last time. Um, does anyone have? Has anyone picked their army's name? I have. Hit me. Mine is shoe in to win. Shoe so good, right? in to win. Mine, since Carol's the main character and he has to fight fish people, is fish and chips. Fish and chips. This is already the best set of names we've ever had for a retro encounter draft. So, Wes, keep it going. Uh, let's go with save a horse, ride a griffin. Save a horse, ride a griffin. I love that. Well, no, whatever I, I come up with is going to be terrible compared to the, compared to these three bangers. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to go with um, you know maybe it's because I watched some episodes of Happy Days recently, but I'm going to go with Mr. Cunningham's house. For <laughs> <laughs> my team. Oh, bangers all around. All right. So uh, those are our four armies. Um, I talked already about uh, the future of Retro Encounter, but I haven't thanked my three panelists. Thank you so much, Zach, Audra, and Wes, for joining me on uh, Retro Encounter's triumphant return after our longest break since starting the podcast in 2015. Um, And you guys have access to the planning document, so you have some idea of what we have going forward. But I'm uh, I'm really excited to go on that journey with with probably all of you at times through the uh, through the next several months but um retro encounter is not the only fine podcast you can find on rpgfan.com there's also random encounter every two two weeks about general rpg topics and randomness uh rhythm encounter also every two weeks generally about rpg music and video game music and also phoenix edge which has been on hiatus since um late 2021 but they have a long backlog of a variety of rpg related topics and and uh, i believe they are planning on reviving the podcast eventually so you can enjoy retro encounter our and those other three fine podcasts on itunes or google podcasts or spotify or however you enjoy podcasts uh we're always there under retro encounter or rpg fans retro encounter and speaking of rpg fan um our fine website can be enjoyed in many different ways there's uh, rpgfan.com proper as well as accounts on twitter and discord and twitch and youtube and instagram there are many ways to engage and enjoy uh, rpg fan please engage and enjoy us however you see fit but uh as individuals we are not you know, RPG fan, just a monolith of game content. We are individuals with our individual opinions and content. Uh, Zach, Wes, Audra, let's tell them how to uh, find us individually, starting with you, Zach. Uh, you can email me at ZachW at RPGfan.com, or you can find me on our Discord at ZachW. Let's just go down the draft order. Audra next. Audra B at RPGfan.com. Now, Wes. Everything's on Twitter at Wes Eilith. And as for me, uh, it's been a while since I've said this. Um, you can find me on Twitter most easily, most of the time, as at the Real Monsoon, at Evoker for Dogs, other times, and on RPG Fans Discord. I am Monsoon Mike. So from shoe in to win, fish and chips, save a horse, ride a griffin, and Mr. Cunningham's house. Thank you. Good night, and good luck. Mm-hmm.